Welcome to the Portage County Safety Council podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's safety chat. Hi, it's Mike with the Portage County Safety Council. I'm here with Ali Mitchell from the Portage County Combined Health District. Welcome, Ali. Hi, guys. So you did an awesome presentation today for our safety council members. It was the last one before the end of the fiscal year. So thank you very much. It was amazing. Excellent reviews on evaluations. We're pretty excited about that. So in your presentation, you taught us how to coach difficult people to improve safety. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes. I used a technique called motivational interviewing. And we're not going to get too far into that for this. It's just too much for a podcast. But why is it important to learn how to communicate maybe in a different way than what we're used to, especially if we're at work and we want to improve safety? I think that people talk just differently and listen differently and understand communication in different ways. So by talking to them and the tips that I had given you during the presentation today, it gives people a different avenue of how to speak to their staff or speak to different employees in a newer way instead of just talking at them, but meeting them where they're at and understanding where they are in a process or that day. The training today was really designed for, and motivational interviewing is designed for, the difficult person, they're in that pre-contemplative stage of change, maybe contemplative, they're not really on board with the safety program, the tow motor driver that gets mad and, and takes a seatbelt off as soon as you walk around the corner or takes his hard hat off and sees you and he puts it back on. If you're a safety manager, you probably know what I mean. We had a gentleman today that talked about, hey, I'm a younger guy. I'm working with these guys near retirement. They've been doing this 30, 40 years. They think they know how to do everything. And any other situations you can think of for the, this type of reflective listening and different things we're going to get into, this type of communication, who it's for, what type of situations that would benefit from this type of communication? I really think everyone can benefit from this type of situation, whether it be at work, at home, anywhere. I think we all have any type of difficult person in our life anywhere. So these tips are very helpful to anyone out there. I totally agree with you. And honestly, sometimes we have this traditional approach to management or even our coworkers where we think, I'm just going to tell this dude what's up right now. I'm going to keep it real, right? Yeah. I'm going to keep it real. And sometimes keeping it real actually prevents you from being successful. You know, if I'm a manager, I want results for my employee. So if me being directive or pulling the boss card all the time, it just means that I don't have influence like I thought I did. Or if I have to threaten punishment all the time, that means I'm not winning as a manager. And so these type of techniques can help us win in those places. And sometimes it just means we need to step back and really think of how we're communicating to get those results. In regards to this, you gave us four things today. Can you go over the first one for our listeners? Yes. So um, the four tips, it's actually called ORs. The first one is open-ended questions. And instead of asking a question where you get people to say like, no, yeah, whatever, we want to get more out of them. You know, instead of talking to just like a wall, we want to pull out more information from them. So an open-ended question could be, what brought you here today? Tell me more. What will happen if I don't declare this or that um, on a scale from one to 10, how important it is to you? So you want to use open-ended statements just because those are going to give you more of the root cause or more information to help you get to the next step. I like that because you really want, especially we're talking safety, if we're at an accident investigation, I want to know as much information as possible. Hey, how did this happen? Who all was mm-hmm. here? Who else had their lockout tag out in this machine or who didn't? Why didn't you do it? What right. was going on? Who said what? What supervisor was involved in the process? It provides tons of information and it makes it feel less threatening. So go on. 
So the next one is affirmations. So I think everybody wants to feel important and they want to be affirmed in um, a conversation or to even feel valued, especially with talking to people to get information. And affirmations is used to recognize a person's strength, success, and efforts to change their behavior. So your commitment to this or that shows that you really feel important about it. You showed a lot of courage, determination by doing this. So just affirming their successes and understanding that they're doing what they're doing and really trying to understand that they are trying hard and they are trying to be successful and affirming that is making them a better employee. Affirmations we talked about today really disarm people, don't they? So like you had the one situation where she's working with an engineer, but there's a safety concern of an employee and she kind of had to mediate that. And the gentleman responded, I'm an engineer. I know what I'm doing. And so an affirmation statement would have been something like maybe, hey, I realize you're an engineer Mm -hmm. and you're an expert at what you're doing. I may not be, but here we have this issue. How do we look at this? So it's much less confrontational. It's affirming their knowledge. Do you have any more tips in that kind of situation? Yeah, we don't want to take away that they're um, not knowledgeable in the situation because then it makes them feel not valued. Like the person who is a younger manager who is dealing with people who are older in their work and are, you know, getting to retire and they don't want to listen to some um, 20-year-old guy who's only been in the industry for, you know, two years compared to 30 years is you could say, hey, you know, I understand that you've been here for 30 years and, and you knew X, Y, and Z, but if you maybe try it this way, we can see what results we get out of this. So instead of being confrontational, be like, you know, I don't understand why you don't listen to me. I think by seeing where they're at and understanding that they have value to their position. Yeah. So affirmations help them feel valued, help them feel heard, Mm -hmm. help them say, you know, hey, I I feel comfortable now. Let's talk about this. It helps keep the personal side out of it. Because a lot of times, you know, as we talk to here, someone says, I'm the boss or I'm the engineer. I've been working here in 30 years. They're saying identity statements. They're saying, I'm personally offended. You offended me. I feel like I'm less of a person. Because you're questioning my knowledge and understanding of the business. It's like, no, I'm not questioning that. I'm actually going to affirm that is who you are and you're good at it. But there's a problem here we have to deal with. So let's not take this person, you know, to disarm that whole taking things personally to really focus on the problem. So what was the third thing you said? So the third thing is reflection. So staying connected to the person's thoughts, um, suspending any type of judgment, acknowledging what the person has said to actually feel validated. We want to reflect what they said. So if someone is talking, they want to know that they're being heard. So you can kind of rephrase or paraphrase what they say to make it sound like you know what they had just said and you actually understand what they're meaning. We are telling these people that we understand them and If someone tells us something and we say, it sounds like, or what I hear you saying, it seems as if, it feels as if though we're actually making them feel validated, acknowledging how they're feeling. Right. Absolutely. Think about how powerful it is in regards to accident investigation and safety. Again, you're coming to the scene. Everyone's afraid they're going to get fired or written up. They're going to get drug tested. There's a lot of fear and concern. So it comes to, I'm not talking. I see nothing. I hear nothing kind of thing. Or someone, again, takes it personally. They're like, I just don't feel like you understand. And I could say, I understand that why you feel that way. You're kind of repeating or right. mirroring back or reflecting that. Understand why you feel that. But, and then you kind of go in the other thing. So you acknowledge those feelings, validate mm-hmm. them so that doesn't become an area of confrontation. So what was the fourth thing that you said? So the fourth one is summary. So it kind of recaps what, you know, just occurred with the whole conversation expresses 
interest and understanding and highlights the main components of the whole entire discussion that you had. So it really is a longer type of reflection statement, but it kind of ends the conversation and gets to the point. This is also an effective tool as well, like the engineer standpoint. If we're communicating with an engineer, I'm an engineer, I know what I'm doing, but there's still a risk for an accident or an injury to happen on site under their responsibility. And maybe we went through all the other steps and maybe he's still not responsive. Then we can summarize even some of the things like, okay, so you're saying that everything's fine. Everything's taken care of. But if God forbid something would happen, are you okay with being a person responsible for this injury? Mm -hmm. You know, and you can kind of use that as another opportunity to get another reflective statement to acknowledge where their position is, but then kind of summarize it up and still work with that individual. Exactly. Yes. And we need to understand that we have to be better listeners, I think just because people want to feel validated and understood. So even, you know, giving head nods and saying what, you know, they just said is going to really make people want to talk to you even more. Earlier listed some roadblocks to communication. Don't be ordering commanding people. I've I've noticed whenever we have to get super directive and hard down, I know there's a place for that, but we get real directive and hard down and start demanding and commanding people. We've really lost influence with a lot of them. And, and, And even if they are, being obedient to what we're trying to say and coming in submission by pulling the boss card or for fear of losing their job, they're really only doing it to avoid a consequence, not because they have a genuine concern for what's going on or what the issue is. So if we're talking about safety, they're not changing their behavior because it's what's right or what will improve safety. They're doing it not to lose their job. So that is only going to produce limited success. Exactly. They're not going to continue the behavior because there's no motivation to continue on. It's just long as the job's not under threat anymore, I'm going to continue back on the way of doing things. So it's really effective way. What are some other roadblocks to communication? So if you're blaming that person, you're just going to end up shutting them off. If you start arguing with them, yelling at them, saying demands, you're just going to make somebody not want to speak to you. They're going to either stop listening, look like they are um, agitated, angered, and you can start an even bigger conflict if you have all those you know issues there in place. The blaming thing you talked about is such a powerful thing because when you think about any time there's a confrontation, if you watch people's body language, they're always face-to-face, almost like finger-pointing back and forth. And their mirror neurons are probably firing. If you don't know what that is, it's a great TED Talk. And so it, it's almost like the bar fight where the guy's like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And they go back and forth like ping pong. And, and the confrontation kind of happens like that. And it just builds up, builds up, and builds up until something unfortunately happens. But if you notice when people just talk and pay attention, if you're listening to how you talk to family and friends, when you're in a good mood and everything's smooth, You'll notice like when you casually talk, you'll almost form a V. You won't be face-to-face. Most right. most cases, most situations, you'll kind of form a V. And so if we're dealing with an issue, if we're dealing with a problem, if we're dealing with a difficult person that takes everything personally, sometimes all we have to do is form a triangle with that V. So I'm sitting there with them in that V formation, intentionally or unintentionally, and I make the problem the third person. In a face-to-face encounter... When I'm dealing with the problem, I'm locked on to someone. It's like I slapped a piece of paper. How I demonstrate this in training is I take a, I get a printout that says problem and I slap it in the chest. You know exactly, what I mean? Yeah. So when I'm saying, do something about this, I'm really saying you're the problem because you're the one that did this. And it gets real personal at that mm-hmm. point. And I may be completely right. But what happens is I just insinuated it. You just started a fight. I just inflamed, <laughs> yeah. I just started a fight. I yeah. just started a fight and it's yeah. going to go back and forth with the blame game. But if I say, hey, listen, I understand this happened and we have this issue. 
help me come in. How are we going to figure this out? How, help me come solve this problem. I now invite them into an investigative or problem-solving process that's disarming them because it doesn't feel personal because it's not attaching the problem to their person or their identity. It's saying, hey, this thing over here we're dealing with, help me solve the problem because this is your area of responsibility work. Yes, exactly. People do not want to feel blamed or pressured or confronted with an issue, especially when you're already feeling overwhelmed and then you get another person in your face and you think that they're attacking you. And so people automatically get in that um, either the fight or flight mode and usually they're going to get defensive and and start arguing back. And that's when um, the conflict gets started. And especially in a workplace dealing with safety, you don't want to mess around with that. And if you have a problem with turnover, this is a key insight for you because she mentioned something fight or flight. So if you're having people go in screaming matches, cussing each other out, or people walking off the job, if you ever see that issue, which I know it happens, I've seen it personally at, at some of the local factories around here or construction sites. If you see that happen, then you have a respect issue and you have this bravado confrontational thing and it really gets nowhere. What it does is it causes employees to leave or so- causes someone to get hurt because it could escalate even into violence. And mm-hmm. so it the company loses either way. And so what we're telling you is we're not telling you not to be firm. We're not telling you to have policy yeah. that's strict standards and, and firm boundaries. What we're saying is sometimes how you approach the communication aspect and, and establish a culture in your workplace, there's just better way of doing things that could avoid all the other stuff. You know, why if I had to fire and rehire someone for the same position when we could have de-escalated and rearranged and how we communicated? And at some point on the long term, it shifted our culture to how people communicate in general. Yeah, and there's this thing I did talk about during the presentation called Discord. And so Discord is having issues with an idea or a person and having you know difficulties. So if you're having difficulties with multiple employees and if you've even had turnover and it's, it's the same situation, you're still having these conflicts with these employees, sometimes you need to start seeing that maybe it's you that needs to do something differently. Maybe I have to Ouch. approach... I know it's, it's hard. I no, know it hurts. It. I love it. Um, but you actually, it's it's that thing. It's like you have to look in the mirror sometimes, and maybe um, I need to communicate differently um, with my employees, and maybe I'm not saying it the right way. Um, a lot of times, I don't think we do it on purpose, but I think um, we come off wrong way or say the wrong things, and we um, kind of don't think before we say it. But these are great tips to help with those, you know, hard conversations with difficult people. Yeah, I know sometimes even we have good intentions and we're always, everyone's in such a hurry. I know I am. I'm on to the next thing. I've been accused of having ADHD a thousand times. So I, I'm like here, gone, yeah. gone, gone without <laughs> saying goodbye. And I know I've, I, I can think of a handful of situations. One situation is the director was walking by and the employee said, hey, you know, this is going on. And they're kind of like, yeah, whatever, blah, 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 blah. And went on to the next thing because they're on the way to a meeting. That person took a role personally and was going to walk off the job mm. and then stopped and said, you know what? Let me take a breath. Let me think about it. Then went back later and approached the director. You know, I really don't appreciate how you communicated. And the director's like, oh, my goodness, I was so oblivious to it. I was just in a hurry. Yeah. I did not have that. Sometimes we kind of project stuff out there that we don't intentional. I've seen it in my marriage where I've just mm-hmm. been in a hurry and kind of blurred something out. Yeah. <laughs> and I had to stop and say, that came off mean. I didn't mean it that way. Don't get your feelings yeah. hurt. And my wife would be like, I know. And then it, there's times they'll should do it. You know what I mean? You go back. Gotta but that's just, flowers. yeah, growing, growing back and go through that. But it's a process of communication. So that's very important. If we're seeing it, especially my personal r- rule is, okay, if someone's being a jerk, it could be them. 
if two people are being a jerk around the same time, probably me could be both of them. <laughs> exactly. But if I get a third person, it's definitely me. Mm-hmm. If I get three similar situations, three different people that have no connection to one another, then it's probably me and something I'm doing. And even if I might not be attending that, I really have to self-reflect and say, okay, maybe this is something I need to change my approach on. Exactly. That's what I was trying to say is that, you know, um, especially with turnovers, if you are seeing the same problem, then maybe it is you. It's it's hard to actually admit that, but opening up yourself to different ideas and ways to communicate or bettering yourself is the best way. And I will say this, slightly different thought, Auburn University back in 2005 did a study on these oil rigs in regards mm-hmm. to safety, and they found out like five key things, and I won't go into all of them, but one of them was like leadership membership exchange. In other words, the relationship they had with their front-end supervisor they found was the most important for safety compliance. You don't hear that taught much. You hear, we, you know, this procedure, this procedure, policy, this policy, that. But literally, it was it. what came down, they saw a direct correlation between the employee and the manager and the front-line supervisor that affected that. And also, another aspect that they found in that process of that study was management safety concern. They're asking, is this person really for me? Are they really with me? Because it's one thing to post, you know, accidents cost money, you know, time lost this, time lost that. We'll rate you up if this happens. But it's another thing to think like they really care about you. They really care about me. I'm more than just a number. Mm -hmm. They don't want me to get hurt because it saves them money. They don't really care. But then when they, you know, let's promote safety. Sometimes we just have to listen to what's important to them and really give them the benefit of the doubt. And communicate that and make sure that they feel heard. You don't have to spend an hour or two hours drinking coffee with them, but maybe you can spend five minutes. How are the kids doing? What's going on? And then just small stuff like that begins to develop this trust between the two. And then you'll see your safety performance start to shift over time. Yeah, we're not trying to say, you know, you got to be best friends, but having that personal connection with your employees is going to make a better work environment and whole entire job. It's just going to change how your employees interact with you and want to come into work and do the best that they can and do the job and stay safe. And I think these are going to help you immensely. There's one more tool I want to talk about. We talked about that the Bridges Out of Poverty tool, which sounds, people listen to this, Bridges Out of Poverty, why would I (laughs) want that social tool? It got in a pretty good conversation and training is why I'm bringing it up, is they call this choice and future orientation. So when you're communicating someone that's, you know, is making their own decision, but they're being rebellious or confrontational or they're resisting you, you can come in and say, listen, I understand why you're feeling the way you do, but if you choose to do blank, then you've chosen blank. And what you do is you say, this choice, you're you're empowering their power. You're, you're saying you are the one, the ball's in your court, you're making this decision. Let's say the engineer example. If you choose to move forward and not do something about this and the guy gets hurt, then you've chosen to be personally responsible for that. But if you choose to take a minute, step back, and really kind of redo the math and make sure it all works out, then you've chosen, hey, we may have lost some production for a little bit, but what we did do is make sure everyone's safe and going home and saving us money in the long haul. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really important. And so sometimes if you reinforce that and connect them, the choice is yours, but your choice is connected to this consequence. It could be a powerful tool. Exactly. And you know what? Everyone has a story. Everyone grew up differently, different backgrounds, culture, income. So I think not everyone is like everyone and not everyone perceives problems the same as we do. So I think if we can connect with each other on that level and understand where everyone's coming from, I think it will be a much happier place. So Ali, thank you very much. Thank Today's you. training was phenomenal. Excellent evaluations. Like I mentioned earlier, we've had people actually, if you're listening, they want us to do this in a monthly meeting. 
So mm-hmm. Ali and I were brainstorming how we could possibly tag team this. We're on a buyer steering committee. Uh, so if you want to get back in this training, maybe we'll do it again in the future. Yeah. If not, until then, be safe. Be safe. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. For more episodes, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbeam, or Stitcher. To get new episodes sent directly to your phone or smart device, be sure to subscribe. To learn more about how your company can earn up to a 4% Ohio BWC premium rebate by becoming an active member of the Portage County Safety Council, please visit our website at www.portagecountysafetycouncil.wordpress.com. The preceding information is for entertainment purposes only. Views expressed may not reflect the views of any affiliated or sponsoring individuals or organizations. Listeners should carefully weigh information provided and seek advice from an appropriate professional before implementing. Listener discretion is advised.